Welcome to Timebender Talks, the ultimate destination for professional photographers. This weekly podcast is hosted by Peggy McCartha, a certified professional photographer with over 30 years experience and the creator of the Headshot Strategist Certification Program. Peggy interviews a diverse range of experts in business, branding, marketing, networking, and photography. So whether you've been doing this for years or you're just starting out, we've got you covered. Oh, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on our latest episodes filled with tips, insights, and lots of fun. I am here with Bob Taylor, and when I tell you Bob Taylor is one of my favorite people to talk to, I mean, I always have amazing guests on this podcast, but Bob and I, we go back a ways, like uh, <laughs> we have worked together. In fact, um, he is one of the instructors in my program, in the Headshot Strategy program. He talks about branding, and he is so, so amazing, and I am so thankful that you are here hanging out with me today, Bob. Thank you for inviting me, Peggy. I've just got to say that introduction, I had already listened to an episode, but listening to it a bit louder here, it really bigs you up, doesn't it? It gets you ready for, for, for listening and talking. So let's go. So I, I'm really fortunate. I have a really good friend that, that does, um, that writes music for movies. And every time I do a new podcast, I'm like, Hey, Cliff, um, I need a, I need some music and I'm doing a time theme kind of thing. And he came up with this and I was like, that is so fun. And then of course, you know, you make my husband do the, the voiceover because he's a voiceover <laughs> actor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind of fortunate that I have people that I can, I can bully into helping me. No, they <laughs> willingly, lovingly help me. That's how it is. <laughs> Well, Bob, tell everybody who you are, where you are in your journey, and, and what you do. Okay, well, uh, obviously, I've been introduced as Bob. <laughs> it's Bob Taylor. Um, I'm a creative conversion copywriter. I've just recently started calling myself a persuasive word nerd as well, because when I do writing, it's all about that that science. It's the it's the persuasive language that we use to to make the sale, um, and that's what really gets me going. Uh, is is creating something. I think I, I did it for you, Peggy. Took I, I always use this as an example. Took 12 pages of, what was it that you said? Word Comedy vomit. Group. Word vomit. That was the word. Yes. <laughs> and turn it into actually a persuasive set of words that actually leads to an action. And that it just gets me so excited. Um, and I've been doing it for four years. You can probably tell by the accent. I'm not from America. I'm from the UK on the South Coast. It's called the Jurassic Coast is where I am. And I know that you guys in America get really excited about that because of Jurassic Park. So uh, <laughs> it has nothing to do with Jurassic Park, but it is called the Jurassic Coast um, is, is where I'm where I'm from. And uh, yeah, is that, does that answer all the questions you asked me? That it is, and and I will. I I want to reiterate. Um, you, I I worked with you. Uh, actually, I, I think we we were doing some speaking together on someone else's conference, and that's how we met. And we like immediately were like, <gasps> we're going to be friends. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I had you. You know, I was like, hey, I'm. It was right when I was just putting out uh, the the program and you know building this this thing for professional photographers. And I was like, I know how to talk to 
clients to get them into, you know, my studio, but I don't know how to talk to other photographers and show them what I have. And you were like, give me everything, all the words that you say. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't think you anticipated 12 pages of word vomit because, you know, I, I'm a big, I, I'm a big picture thinker. And also on top of that, um, I find connections in everything. And so I, I tend to have too many words. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, these are all related here. You figure it out. And, and amazingly in, in just a matter of a few days, you were, you handed me this beautiful, um, thing that made me feel and, and look really smart. So <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> No, but no, I, I do love doing that. And I do say to my clients all the time, yeah, if, especially if you struggle with writing the things down and, and really choosing an idea to, to focus in on, because that could be difficult. You've got so many of them. Which, which one do I pick? Um, well, just give them all to me. Give them all to me because the, there could be one thing which was, let's be honest, it could be a, an A4 sheet of paper, which is terrible. And this happened with you, Peggy. Let's, let's all be honest here. <laughs> there was an A4 sheet and I was like, what is she saying? But there was one golden nugget in there. And I was like, but if she hadn't written that whole thing, she probably wouldn't have written that. And if I didn't have that, I couldn't create my own A4 sheet, which is super valuable. and <laughs> does make 100% sense. Um, so, so that's why I say, just give me everything you got. Write whatever you want. It's never too much. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I always laugh, you know, my dad always says, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you hire people that are smarter than you because they're going to make you look good. And that is, that is what you do. You make people look good and communicating, communicating is a real skill. Uh, it's a, it's a real art. And I think we have to be really creative in the ways that we do that. So tell me, why are you passionate about helping people like me that just like <laughs> sound creative and intelligent? What, what is it about it that you love? Well, let me, let me start with my, my job title, creative conversion copywriter. Originally when I first got started, just copywriter. And so many people don't believe me when I say five years ago, I didn't know that word existed, right? It's it as simple as that. I did not know copyright. I didn't even know what it was. Um, but I was a, a lot of people don't know this about me either, but I was a salesman selling home insurance, car insurance and life insurance for about eight years, right out of school. I, I went straight into that job basically. And I got really, really good at selling. Um, but I never felt like I was doing any good in the world with that selling because it's just selling insurance. No, who cares about insurance? Right? <laughs> no, nobody cares about insurance. Um, but it kind of got to the time where I needed to, I felt a pulling to move away from that and do something else. And when I was a child, I used to love writing and I, I, I just hadn't done it for such a long time. I entered writing competitions, by the way, and won one. I won a book competition once. An author signed my little book thing that I wrote as well. Um, it's called The Big Ugly Monster. Uh, so <laughs> that was the book that I wrote. <laughs> Um, so I, I just had this passion for writing and communicating and I knew that loads of people came to me, oh, Bob, could you help me rewrite my CV? I'm, I'm looking for a new job. And I didn't really know that it was a skill that I had. It was just something that I enjoyed. But then I started searching, how can I make money being a writer thinking no one makes money being an author unless you're like a top seller, right? <laughs> a best-selling author, they make money, but nobody else really does. And that's where I came across copywriting and discovered that it was mixing the sales, the stuff that I had learned in the last eight years, stuff that I was good at with 
written words. So instead of doing the talking, which is what I was doing, it's doing the writing instead. And then that that kind of need that I had to help people, because I always say that my my why is to help. I want to help people and, and specifically want to help people to help people. So where, for example, you Peggy, your course is to help other photographers improve in their business. If I help you sell more of your courses, I'm not just helping you. I'm also helping the photographers that buy your courses um, because I helped you sell that course to them. So it, it's like a domino effect. Uh, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. It's, because it's making that that change in a positive change in the world. I, I love that. And I also love that that how you came about that, because I think when you when you are a creative person, um, an, an entrepreneur and you're doing a job that's kind of different than, you know, what what most people think about as a job, there's always a way you got to that. You know, and I love that you got to that because you were like, this is really boring. I'm good at it, but it's kind of boring. I want to do something else. And I think a lot of photographers find that the same way. I, I'm, I've never done anything else. Uh, my parents were entrepreneurs. I never was in an environment of like a nine to five job. I, I don't understand that. Um, but at the same time, um, there's been you know, different obstacles where I've had to decide, you know, am I moving forward? Which direction am I taking this? Because just because you're a photographer, like that's a pretty broad term. There's a lot of different types of photographers. So, you know, there's, there's still a lot of things, but I like that you just kind of came to it because you were able to take your passion of writing and your knowledge and talent and sales and like combine them. So that's, that's it was cool. magical. It, I thought maybe I was going to have to make something, but it already existed. It was cool. <laughs> so somebody said, and I, 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 I don't know uh, who it was, but somebody I heard saying this and they were like, if you desire something, you already have the tools within you to do it. And I was like thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, because like there's a lot of people that want to be, you know, an attorney. I don't want to be an attorney and I would be a terrible attorney because I would be like, well, you know, and you can see that side too. Like, like I would not argue a point well, because I, you know, I don't have those, those tools available to me, but, but I think that's, I think that when people just actually sit down and think, what do I want to do? What makes me happy? And then like, how can I, how can I make a living at that? I think that's a fun way to, to kind of come to, I don't know. I've always been the type of person that thinks if you're not happy in what you're doing, then it's not, the money's not worth it. Like you gotta, you gotta be able to enjoy what you're doing and be passionate about it. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people are just fine. Like hating, hating their job and coming home and grumbling for three hours and going to bed and doing it all over the next day. But for me, I think, I think you you gotta well, really I, love it. I grew up in a home like that. It was almost the opposite of your growing up, <laughs> where yeah. nine to five didn't exist. Um, I think my my dad had two jobs at one point um, in order to, to to bring the money in that we needed. Um, so I came from that a completely different place where you do just get a job. That's why I did just get a job. You, you just get a job. You work at it. But something something called at me and said, "You can do more than this, Bob." You, you have inside of you more to do than this. Um, and that's when I started looking around and look. And, and also I was, I'd been made redundant and moved to a different company. And that company was horrible. 
It really, really was. It was the worst job I've ever had. It was so toxic. Unbelievably horrible place to work. So I needed out. I didn't even work there for a year before I decided to quit. I was like, I'm I'm done and I'm just gonna go do my copywriting thing. <laughs> so, that's yeah. And sometimes sometimes that's it. You just can't take it anymore. So I, I, I can get that. So we talk a lot about branding. Uh, we talk about um, branding isn't just your logo. It's not just your colors. It's also what you say. You know, that's definitely part of your branding. Why would you say it's important for photographers that it's this is for everybody. But, you know, I like to like make this specific for photographers. <laughs> Why would you say it was important for photographers to be creative in their branding if they want to have a thriving business? Hmm, That's a good question. And I do want to focus on the creative side because one thing that, let me just give you a little background. When I became a writer, I always thought that it was an analytical job. It was a, or a technical job. And it took me about a year of being a writer before I realized I'm in a creative role. This is the first time I've ever been in a creative. I'm create stuff. This this is creative, and it my world just went. Woof. Oh, it's not just artists and and photographers. It's not just people that make images that are creative. There are other creative roles too. And so, in my head, photography is one of the, it, at least for me, fundamental creative roles. Um, but I also know quite a lot of photographers, <laughs> and a lot of you don't like don't like to write. <laughs> you don't like to that's not the creative side that you go you have the other creative you have the image side I do the writing you do the images yeah um so to get creative in in how you speak it can be difficult for you guys to to truly get how to do that so I think I want to give you a bit of an analogy maybe if, <laughs> if I can I know that with photography um obviously everything depends on the environment of what you're doing but also you've got your tool your your camera no? and you have settings on the camera like you you hang on i might iso aperture shutter speed that, that sort of stuff and you also have your lighting that you set up and in your studio peggy for example you know the formula that works right mm -hmm. you you have the formula that works for your studio um perfectly for taking those that photography but if you were to go onto a rooftop or out to a field You've got to change those settings, right? Mm -hmm. Your lighting's going to be different. You may not even need any lighting if you just use the sun, but you, know, you may need one of those circle reflector things that are really cool. Um, but you're going to need to change the settings on the camera as well. And I think it's exactly the same for marketing and, and branding and the way you message. You've got to get creative with it depending on, if you imagine the photography environment is your audience. There are different types of audiences. Your studio is one type of audience. But the rooftop is another type of audience. The the cave that you're shooting is a I don't know is it is a different type of audience. And you have different settings for those things, right? You have different formulas, different ways that you input things on the camera to get the best results. And I think it's the same for marketing and the message that you choose. You have to have different messages and different ways of saying things to make sure that you you get each audience, you hook each audience in. Does it, have I made any sense or have I? Oh my God, we can just, we're done now. That was, that was the gold. Are you kidding? This is why I hang out with Bob Taylor. Oh my God. Did I make sense? He says, yes, you very creatively communicated that to us very clearly. And I love that you like, you like showed up with a camera uh, photography analogy for us. That's 
Like, this is why Bob is the rock star. I mean, I don't know how to use one, but I know enough about it to give you an analogy. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that is really true. Um, I am primarily a studio photographer. Like, I, I like my studio. I like my controlled area. I like to walk in and not have a lot of surprises. But I also do events. I also do on location. I also do. And that's where you have to think and be creative and be like, okay, how am I going to make this work? And I never thought about applying that to my branding, to my marketing, um, that I have to like, okay, like I may be comfortable in this area, but I can still do it over there. I just have to be creative and think about how am I going to reach uh, my audience that is in this area. That was actually brilliant, of course. It was brilliant, Bob. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad it worked. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, that, if, if nobody else listens to this podcast, it was worth it just for me to hear that. That was so good. I love that. I love that. So um, we all know that real life happens and um, we are the brilliant people that we are because of the things we failed at before. So <laughs> tell us a time in your life and business when you weren't being creative and, um, you know, you were just kind of doing things a status quo and how, you know, in your branding and marketing and how that didn't work and how you figured out to go to the brilliant Bob that you are now. You do love bombarding me with, great questions that requires memory and I have the memory of a goldfish so <laughs> let's, let's have a thing so <clears throat> the first thing that jumped to my mind is I, I started my career as a copywriter on those freelance websites uh -huh. um, so I didn't do any I did have my own website the first thing I did was make a website and I would be embarrassed to show you I can't it's gone it's 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 gone away not even that time machine thing has it so it's it's, it's got a way back machine or whatever it's called nobody <laughs> knows that that existed it's it's cool <laughs> The first That's one I made was not great, but um, oh, we could actually just talk about that, how that first website I made was not great. <laughs> actually, yeah, let's, I'm going to pivot what I was going to say. Um, so yeah, my, my first website was embarrassing. It, it wasn't great. And the funny thing is when I put it out there, when I, when I hit that publish button, I thought, I thought it was incredible. I was like, look at this creative piece that I've done. And I did it all by myself without a web designer. I was literally, I had to start learning HTML code. Um, because I didn't have any spare money to, to put anywhere. I just wanted to put something up. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't need to be too complex. So just very simple HTML, but it was on WordPress and I, and I made it. I was very proud of it. But after I started working with clients, that was when I realized that website doesn't work. It, it, it doesn't actually, it communicates what I knew as a budding copywriter, having never had a copywriting client before, right? Um, but it doesn't actually communicate properly to my clients from their perspective. I wrote it from my perspective because it was the only perspective I knew. Right? Um, so that made me have to think, I do need to change the copy on that website. Forget the design for a second. It can look horrible. But the copy on this website does need to change. And I'll, I'll give you a little bit. Copy Bean is the name of my website. It's the name of my business, if you want to call it a business. But I couldn't use BobTaylor.com. It was gone. There were no URLs like that at all. So... <laughs> Right. <laughs> too, too common a name. <laughs> right. um, so I had to get creative with with the name and I picked Coffee Bean. And it was mainly around the fact that it sounds like Coffee Bean. Yeah. So my, my first website was all focused around kind of this coffee theme. 
of of all these coffee a lot of my services that were offered weren't weren't called services it was the cappuccino and, uh-huh. and the latte and stuff like that and although it sounds really cool right now it just didn't it didn't do what it was supposed it, to it, it didn't was, it wasn't yeah as an idea it sounds fantastic but in and maybe if i reapproach that today as the person i am now i could probably create something better out of it than i did when i first got started um but i think i want to go i want to go back to that kind of failing i i never saw that as a failure i saw that as a learn i was mm. like okay i i know why i wrote it that way i i literally on the back of about six or seven or eight months of non-stop learning after after i finished work i'd finish my work i'd come home i'd get in front of copywriting course <laughs> and and start learning copywriting learning all these different things so right on the back of all that i created my my website but i didn't have any real world experience in it and that was what was missing from my website that communication of real world experience talking to clients so it's not a fail it's a it's a learn and something for us to move forward and is my website better than it was back then of course it is does it still need to change? Yes, it does because we constantly need to pivot. I am. It's already on my to-do list of things is to update my my web copy. It's been around for about over a year now, I think, and I think probably a year of of time. I I add more value to my clients now, so therefore my website needs to make sure that it, it communicates that I'm adding that extra value. If I'm going to increase my prices, I need to make sure that my website demonstrates and all of my because website is branding. And all of my branding represents the value that I'm offering. If if I leave something in the past, well, then it represents the $200 value instead of the $400 value. And then there's a disconnect. And when I'm saying, why is nobody buying from me? <laughs> it's because of that. Yeah, because if you don't show, and I'm going to be super cheesy because we're talking creativity. Um, if you don't creatively show people your value, they won't know. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to know unless they, you know, have a phone call with you. And then even if they have a phone call with you, they're like, well, he seemed really cool on the phone, but his website says he only does this. Like, am I, am I going to invest this money in something if this is, you know, is there now I'm all for like giving my clients more than they expect. Like, you know, this is what you think you're getting and that's a huge value. And then when you actually get in there, I'm like, oh, and you can have this and you can have this and you can have this. <laughs> but um, that's because they already think that that what they're getting is a huge value. And and by me adding other things to it, I feel like to me, I like to be made feel, to feel special. <laughs> And that is something that makes me feel special. If you, if I was like, yes, I'm going to pay you this amount of money and this is what I'm going to get. And then I get like 10 minutes more. I'm like, wow, that was really kind of them. They didn't have to do that. You know? So that's anyway, I don't know why I went off on that tangent. I just, it's, it's okay. You went down the, the, the phrase that I always remember of that is, uh, under promise and over provide yeah. or over give or whatever the, yeah. do you know what? I forgot as I was saying it. <laughs> That's, that's okay. Um, uh, you're hanging out with me. So <laughs> it's like no judgment here. <laughs> Anybody that's been listening to this podcast for very long knows that, you know, we're just actually humans speaking actual human language and communicating, communicating creatively. You're really on that creative, creative road. <laughs> well, today, because like, I think that I, I say like, um, 
communication and words are not my specialty like they are yours. Um, and as a dyslexic person, I'm like, you know, communication is about me expressing an idea to you. And if you understood what I said, then then my words were fine. You don't have to sit there and tell me that I spelled something wrong or that I said the wrong word. Like you knew what I meant. <laughs> that but that's also me. why I hang out with Bob so that you can fix my typos and put the words in the right order, the right well, words in the right order. One of the things that I, I tried, I haven't really campaigned it massively. There is a little bit of a campaign out there, but it's, some people call it the copy police, um, or there's another phrase for it as well. But I, I do, if anybody talks to me about typos and things like that, I, I do like to say I'm typo positive. At the end of the day, if I spell the wrong because I missed the T, the T off and it says he, did you understand what it said? Did it really affect the message? Is it really that bad? No, it's not. You know, you don't, you don't need to, and also grammar. Just FYI, copywriting is not about grammar. It's not about grammar at all, uh, especially conversational copywriting, which is what I do. It's about writing how you speak, which means that you write wrong. My English teacher would slap an F on, <laughs> on some of the copy that I write. And that's cool with me because she can slap as many Fs as she wants on my copy because it's not technically correct. But if it's getting results for my clients, that's what matters. And and it's that copy that connects better than Shakespeare that nobody understands, right? <laughs> and I think that's uh, that goes back to the actual question is, when did you not do something creatively? I feel like um, when I, because I'm, I'm not that person, I'm not dotting every I and crossing every T and spelling every word correctly. I half the time don't even say the correct word. I, you know, like I, I, I'll say the word wrong or, you know, say the wrong word at the wrong time. But when I present myself that way, um, my message is still getting across and it has authenticity. You know that I did it and AI didn't write this for me. This is something that came from an actual human, from an actual human experience. And people, I think, really like there are the the police out there that are going to yell at you for your typo. But even when they do, I mean, I people have been coming after me from my spelling since I was in the first grade. So, like, try something else. I don't care. <laughs> um, if you want to hurt my feelings by telling me I have a misspelled word, it's like, okay. <laughs> Um, I feel like that's a you problem if you can't figure <laughs> out, if you're this age and you can't figure out that in the context of that sentence, that that's the word the instead of the word he, then I feel like that's a you problem. <laughs> really do. It really, really is. And it reminds <laughs> me of this, this, I, I, I heard a story and I wish I could remember who it was. Um, but she was a, she was a marketer and she messed up an email campaign basically where HTML code showed and some of the words weren't spelt correctly basically the first draft and html went instead of the final and polished <laughs> so it was a complete mess up but she talks about it by saying it's actually one of her best-selling emails that she's ever sent was this email that went out wrong and although she got lots of people get back to her and say uh you sent this email horribly what what is this you, right. you expect me to trust you to teach me how to market when you don't even know how to market yourself. She got way more people saying, that was fantastic. What a great email. What a great, and again, what a great way to see you authentically. Um, but you made a mistake, yet I still purchased from you on the back of that email because 
you're a real person. You're not just a robot. <laughs> so in a real world, it really does go that way as well. And, and I feel like things are so fast now. It's not like um, we sit down and, you know, you write something and then someone else proofs it. And then the third person puts it out and clicks send. It's like, we're doing all that in real time. And it's, you know, um, and if you're, if, if, if you mess up a word or, or a grammar or my, my brilliant thing that I will do is I will say all these words, as you know, and then I will go through and I'll like cut out sentences. I'm like, oh, that doesn't need to be here. That doesn't need to be here. Let me move this here. And then I forget that I have to, you know, put the others, connect the other sentences. So like <laughs> a paragraph that sounds like a five-year-old wrote. <laughs> and, uh, so I have to go, nope, you have to reread it before you hit send. But anyway, yes, yes. I think authenticity is, is a really, is real. Um, and you can be professional in your authenticity. You don't have to, to, you, what is, who is to say what professional is, you know, who is to say that? Professional yeah. is in the eye of the beholder, right? Yeah. It's a, you're going to get people that think you're unprofessional, even when you're acting super professionally. Yeah. Um, just because you're not to their standards of professionalism. Right. Um, and, that, and that's okay. They're not, they're not your, what's the word that we go with? They're not your tribe. <laughs> yeah, they're not your tribe. They're not your ideal client. They are not who, somebody that's going to nitpick me and like be offended by a misspelled word is not somebody that I want to spend a couple hours with in the studio. And it's not the photographer that I want to hang out in my community because they will find so many typos in my community. And if that bothers them, they're not going to want to be there. And that's cool. Like there's other things. <laughs> if that like, I mean, I mean, I have seen people that just can't handle it. And it's like, all right, well, we probably shouldn't text each other. We should probably call each other. We should never text each other if this is causes you so much, you know, anxiety. <laughs> And don't even get me started on autocorrect. When right. I, I've sent I've sent emails to clients from my phone when I'm out and about, when I'm out at my computer, and I'll look back at an email that I've sent, or sometimes they'll pick up on, why did you say that word? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't write that word. The phone changed it. <laughs> it was my fat thumbs didn't hit the right didn't hit the right letters. My hairdresser, I, I, I'm going to tell on him. So he sent me. Um, a, a text message. He was driving. He sent me a text message and it said, um, the text message that I got was sorry for the typos. I'm dick texting. What he said was, <laughs> was, you know, the voice to text, he was dictating to yes. the, to the phone and what the text sent me was different. And I was like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> I've never had anyone text me like that before. <laughs> and uh, of course he was super embarrassed and I still make fun of him. I'm like, you be careful when you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, yeah, I mean the, the autocorrect stuff is it's, it's pretty funny sometimes and, and can be horrifying. So you have to laugh at it, be authentic, have fun. Anyway. So Bob, tell me, one tip that you want to leave our audience with um, about how to really be authentic and creative in their in their branding. I think that I already touched on the problems I think that creatives in general have. Um, 
and and I think that when it comes to things that you're less familiar with, like communicating and writing words, it's. I think my tip would be not to don't overthink it, don't overcomplicate your your what you're trying to communicate, um, and only learn what you need to learn. I don't think you love marketing, right, Peggy? And I don't think there's many photographers out there that love marketing. Now I do. I just I I, I introduce myself as a persuasive word nerd. <laughs> I, I love it, right? But not everyone's going to love it. So you, you should only learn what you what you need to learn in order to communicate your message effectively. And you should learn. It's why I there's a section of your course that I, I instructed on <laughs> because you should learn some stuff. But just don't don't overcomplicate it. With with creative roles, the portfolio is actually going to sell itself, right? That that's kind of the bottom line is someone's going to want to see the photos you've taken and they're going to make their decision based on those photos. It's it's about getting the people onto that portfolio, right? That that's the main thing. So it's about attracting the right clients to do that. And that's understanding your ideal client. So I guess I'll just give two, two little tips. <laughs> the top tip for me is don't overthink it and don't overcomplicate it. And actually understanding your client can help you not overthink it and not overcomplicate it. Um, so just understand understand your client, uh, your ideal client and what who it is that you're looking to to buy from you. Um, that That would be my tip. I, I agree. I love that. I used to say, um, when people say, who's your ideal client? I would be like, anybody with a face. <laughs> like, <laughs> But that's not true. There are people that I don't like that are hard to work with, that aren't, our personalities don't gel, that it's, it makes my job complicated. So mm -hmm. then they walk away unhappy with their images because they didn't have the experience they wanted because our personalities were not on the same universe. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, so they were not my ideal client. So when I really started focusing in on who my ideal client is, then I knew how to talk to them instead of trying to, okay, I saw a TikTok the other day and this guy, he has a uh, t-shirt brand in um, Australia and he was saying, he was giving the numbers, but bottom line, out of all the people that watched his videos, 0 0.015 bot, not even 1% of the people that interacted with his videos turned into a client. And that is an example of a lot of work for very little results. Now that 0.01% was enough to keep his business going because his videos were reaching a lot of people. Uh, but I think about that and I think, okay, just in America alone, just in America alone, there's oh, about 300,000 people that on their taxes say they are a photographer. That's where they make their money. So I'm going to say in America alone, 300,000 photographers. But all, that's that's all, all photography. That's That could be crime scene photography. That could be journalism. That could be all. I mean, that so many things are lumped into that. So I don't need to reach with just reaching my America clients. Uh, I don't need to reach 300,000. I need to reach maybe, you know, 5,000. And so instead of working so hard to reach every single person that owns a camera, I need to figure out who the people are that are my clients and really, you know, narrow that down and figure out what words they need to hear, figure out how to reach them and appeal to them. So anyway. And, and it's not about niching, right? 
remove the word niche. I think it's overused. It's too, you don't have the niche to be successful. There are lots of people out there that are successful without a niche. Um, but understanding the ideal client, your ideal client isn't necessarily a niche. A lot of people make that mistake. They think it's a niche. Like it could be very easy to fall back on, for example, your photography based side of what you do is with right. actors. That's a niche, right? You work with actors specifically. But the ideal client is actually within that niche. It's not every single actor, right? Exactly. Right. So exactly. it's it's not the niche that you're looking for when you're talking about an ideal client. It's it's the type of person you want to work with and will. The way I like to word it, it's the type of person you can get the best results for, because that's yes. what it's about. And 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 that helps you because when you work with a person that you can get the best results with, they're gonna love you and they're gonna market for you, and you don't have to do all the work. Because they're going to tell all their friends and family, oh my God, this is so awesome. You got to go see. And that's that's the thing about reaching your ideal client is you don't have to do so much work. You don't have to reach millions and millions of people. You need to reach a few people and, you know, out of those. So anyway, yeah, absolutely. Bob, you and I could talk forever, absolutely forever. And um, I know it's late for you. It's it's not that late for me, but it is really late for you. So I appreciate you staying up and hanging out with us. And um, thank you. Just thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you absolutely. for giving me the opportunity to talk to your, to your audience. It's, uh, it's been and, fun. And all of Bob's information is in the description below. So reach out to him, um, talk to him. He's just fun to talk to. Like you'll just want to hang out with him and find out how he can help you, um, you know, and how, you know, he, you also have a podcast, Bob. I think uh, season two is probably out by now. So what's the name of your podcast? It's the Coffee Bean Podcast. The Coffee Bean Podcast. So that'll be in the description also. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank you.